0: Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com.
1: Hey, what's up? I'm Pendarvis Harshaw, the host of KQED's Right Nowish podcast. Donations keep independent journalism alive and healthy. And you support outstanding journalism when you support KQED. So if you haven't yet, check out donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast.
2: From KQED.
1: Mic check, check one, check two. Are we here? All right, we're here right now-ish. Welcome to Right Now-ish. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw. Happy Black History Month. Today, we're talking about local history, with an emerging historian by the name of Antoine Johnson. He currently teaches a hip-hop class at UC Davis where music serves as a bridge into discussing important social issues. We use Jay-Z
0: as an example, seeing that he's always been about trying to make a dollar, but we look at it from
1: Black and Latinx folks in the hood and trying to get paid. He's also working on a PhD, researching the impact of the AIDS crisis on Black people in the Bay Area during the 80s and 90s.
0: Within five years of the epidemic, by 1986, black women in particular were roughly like 75% of all AIDS cases among women who had the disease, and the majority of children born to infected women were black children.
1: We discuss history, health, and much more in just a few.
2: while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.
1: You're a professor slash lecturer. Where do you profess, and what do you teach? The class is
0: titled, Hip Hop in Urban America. To be honest, like first day of school, I tell them I hate the word urban because it's always been used to demean people of color from poor and impoverished backgrounds. We address where the rappers come from, the communities that raise them, the circumstances that raise them. Like, why do rappers hate the police? Which is, and that's almost universal, you know? Like they read Bell hooks in my class.
2: Rap music is so diverse, but when it becomes a vehicle to be talked about in mainstream news, it's always the rap music that perpetuates misogyny, that is most obscene.
0: In- she has a chapter on gangster rap, where she says, "Gangster rap evolved out of well, capitalistic patriarchal white supremacy."
2: Really, it's for me a perfect paradigm of colonialism.
1: Bell Hooks got bars.
0: She does, bro she really does.
1: You're still a student as well. What is your uh, what are you pursuing with your PhD? My
0: dissertation looks at HIV and AIDS among black people in the Bay Area in ways that racism, specifically state sanctioned violence through you know underemployment, poverty, housing insecurity and inadequate health care, contributes to black people's disease susceptibility. But I came to this while working on my master's thesis on the golden era of hip hop because I'm looking at ways that rappers saw themselves as teachers, you know, during that time. You know, people like KRS-One, Ice T, and Too Short. You know, a bunch of songs of his. But one thing I was looking at was like, damn, I couldn't really find much on rappers addressing the AIDS epidemic. But you know, there was a lot of talk about the crack epidemic. My dissertation thesis, you know, it started to. Work almost exclusively around HIV and AIDS, that became the focus, and hip-hop just became an afterthought.
1: Wait, so are there any songs where rappers are addressing AIDS ex- explicitly? I
0: mean, somewhat. You got um, Sod and Pepper, you know, their song, Let's Talk About Sex. They remixed that song to calling Let's Talk About AIDS.
2: For a long time, me, Pep, and Spin have been involved in the fight against AIDS. And we always say the best cure is not to get it and not to spread it. You should be responsible if you're going to have sex. So,
0: MC Light, she got a song that's about crack addiction, though. I Cram to Understand You, uh, where she was dating a brother who was a drug dealer and she saw him getting skinny, you know, the rapid weight loss, which is an AIDS symptom. One thing that looms large in the black collective imagination is conspiracy theories that it's a government plot gangstar he raps about it on the song conspiracy That's why corrupt government's killing us people with
1: chemical warfare that created crack and AIDS. got the public thinking these were things that black folks made and, every time this mile is... and it sounds like this term that i've become familiar with over the past couple of years intersectionality you're choosing to focus on one thing but it intersects with so many different other areas
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and that's one of the chapters I wrote on a sex workers organization called CalPEP, California Prostitutes Education Project. They were created December of 1984, and they wanted to highlight the way that black women in particular were affected by HIV and AIDS differed from black men, which differed from white men. At the time, you know, AIDS was seen as a gay, white disease. And that's the way that the media covered it. That's the way that the health professionals responded to it and, every, and the way that politicians um, responded to it as well. And a lot of gay, white men were the journalists in San Francisco reporting the stories. And they had their own publications. There was National Solidarity, Randy Shields with San Francisco Chronicle, Gay Community News, constantly in communication with each other. And the thing was, you know, sex workers were being ostracized for carrying the disease. But they they were pointing out, you know, the vast majority of our customers are married white men, but they don't receive the same criticism that we do, the public um, scrutiny. So that's the intersectional lens that I approach that chapter from. The CalPEP chapter took a while to develop, because they've been blamed so much that they they stopped trusting and working with journalists and epidemiologists, people from the health fields. So it literally took me almost a year just to get any information from them, to hang out with them, you know, to be in conversation with the founder. Shout out to Gloria Lockett. Um, and they're great people, you know, but it's like we don't want people coming in using our names and our info and then slandering us. Being from the town, my thing was I'm not about to, you know, disrespect people who are out here helping out people from my city. because They're sex workers already, so they're negatively perceived. So I'm like, I need to make sure that I humanize them as best I can.
1: Being a, a liberation fighter through academia...
0: UCSF has one of the largest archive databases on AIDS organizations. And I was thinking like, okay, let me find some black organizations. And I couldn't really find nothing. So I'm like, damn, I know they existed. Black people are disproportionately affected, but there's not many, any archive collections here on black organizations. And so it's hard because the organizations I'm writing on, they don't have institutionalized archive collections. So I'm getting documents through word of mouth. You know, it's like. Hi, you know, my name is Antoine. I'm a PC candidate. I'm working on this. I see via Google that you work with this organization. By any chance, do you have any old documents related to your work with them?
1: You know, stuff like that. You took it upon yourself working with a couple of other individuals to create a uh, anti-black racism in medicine reading list which there are it's a long list of different book titles in here man you got about what is it 20 weeks of curriculum
0: yeah man um shout out to my um comrades Aya Nuruddin and Elise A Mitchell
1: it's an extensive list is there one book that you would suggest somebody reading right now
0: medical apartheid by Harriet Washington it's one of the reasons that I lean towards medical history Um, But Harriet Washington, she lays it all out with the ways that black people have been treated in American medicine, whether that be being experimented on um, to just receiving inferior health care, health treatment. From slavery to modern day,
1: when it comes to black folks in America dealing with health, as, as we all have had that in the forefront of our thinking over this past year, what should people know?
0: Damn, bro, you coming with the (laughs) questions today. Um, I would say take this pandemic serious because we are, Black people are disproportionately affected and it ain't anything wrong with us. It's not our genes. It's the way that we are treated once we go into these medical facilities. Um, And some of that is because we go at later stage of diagnosis because we don't trust the medical facility or we think it's just a cold or something like that that we're going to get over. Have a circle of people who you can be in community with to address your concerns because we don't really talk about them openly, but take care of yourself at the end of the
1: day. It's something we say colloquially, like, yeah, take care of yourself. But when you put it in perspective of all the failures of the state, it's like, no, really, you have to take care of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Stockpile those naps, man. (laughs) (laughs) For real. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time, man, your story. (laughs) Professor Antoine Johnson, thank you for your commitment to education and documentation and letting the next generation know that it's deeper than just rap. You all can keep up with Antoine's research or contact him with any questions by reaching out to him on Twitter at A Johnson that's A-Johnson-H-I-S-T. While we talked about the history of it, to this day, there's still a very large issue when it comes to HIV and AIDS. And in the United States, it disproportionately impacts black people. Get tested. Stay educated. The producer behind this episode is Marisol medina Cadena. Our editor is Jessica Platchik. Seal Muller is our engineer, the good folks who ensure that this message gets to you, our engagement team, Keanu Mogunum, Lena Blanco, Sarah Pineda, and Jacqueline Carbajal. And the KQED execs are Erica Aguilar, David Marcus, and Holly Kernan. I'm your host, Pendarvis Harshaw, wishing you all a very uplifting and informative Black history Month. If lessons from the distant and recent past have taught us nothing else, it's that you have to take care of yourself. Because no one, no person, no institution is going to do it for you. So, be well. Peace. Right Now-ish is a KQED production.